0: Welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thanks for taking the time to join us on today. And as always, a special welcome to those of you who are listening for the first time. Folks, we are approaching our third anniversary, and I thought it was March, but it's May. So I'm just uh, starting to sort of get in a celebratory mode a little early, uh, but very thankful uh, for the opportunity to share. I love to share. I love helping to point people to the North Star of user experience. Uh, I love helping people, love the feedback. I need to have a show where I'm just sharing some of the feedback that, that we get about the show and, and putting feedback in perspective. Uh, it's not necessarily about people patting you on the back. Just because somebody says that they appreciate what you do does not mean that you're doing the right thing. I know and understand this, and I want to make sure to call that out. I know that what I'm doing is the right thing. I know the things I'm talking about are the right things to share. I know that it's helping build people. I know that it's impacting people, and I'm not just guessing, nor am I getting drunk off of folks' compliments. Um, But I am very appreciative of understanding how we've helped people, that we're not just having listeners. We're not just having people follow us on social media but we're actually helping people for their good. It's helping them to get jobs, jobs that they can perform in. What a novel idea. I'm really, really happy about real impact. I have no desire for vanity metrics whatsoever, but to celebrate producing a show for three years, yeah, I'm going to celebrate that. And if anybody else is doing something like that, you should celebrate too. Uh, This is not something that just, happens on a whim, it takes work, it takes commitment, it takes discipline, uh, and it takes support from the people in the CXM radio community. I'm very thankful for them, very thankful for the folks at Michigan State who asked me to do this. I'm very thankful for the listeners. I'm very thankful for the all my guests that come on the show from time to time. So just uh, taking some time here to give an early shout out to those who uh, everybody who's tied to connected with this show in some way, form, or fashion, we appreciate you today, uh, and we do this for the US community, not for Darren Hood. We do this for the US community. That said, we are going to continue our current topic, uh, where it's really it's it's. I call it a potpourri, but I gave it a sub a subtitle, and I refer to this as the <laughs> the extremely meddlesome episode or we call it the extremely meddlesome topics where i know we're wearing people's face a lot and i hear that i understand that a lot of things i talk about are not popular a lot of things i talk about people don't want to hear it it doesn't make it any less true it doesn't make it any less necessary and it surely doesn't make it any less right but i know how it hits some people and some people don't like it and then they find out that it's accurate and then they come back and they thank me for it. So, you know, so we're we're happy today for that as well. But that's what this potpourri is about. It's almost not really a potpourri, but then again, it is where we talk in potpourri. We usually just talk about random subjects. And that's why I call it potpourri because it's sort of kind of random. Uh, but there's a second subtopic, and that second subtopic for this particular round of potpourri episodes is Weren't we already doing that? And taking a look at some things that are going on in UX, because one of the biggest issues today in user experience is what I refer to as Kool-Aid. I actually had an interesting bit of banter with someone about that. They said, you shouldn't call it Kool-Aid. I used to drink Kool-Aid, and that's not what those folks in Jonestown had. Those cult folks, they weren't drinking Kool-Aid. They drank something else. But it's it's a figure of speech, uh, if they drank something else, they drank something else. It is still a figure of speech, and it is the accepted figure of speech. I, I mentioned that and and everybody understood that and, and respected it. We were fine with it. Uh, it's a figure of speech that when someone says you're drinking a Kool-Aid, it basically means that someone is doing something, they're following something blindly, they're not engaging in critical thinking, they have chosen to embrace something without confirming whether or not it was even worthy of being trusted, that's pretty much where we are when it comes to this this whole Kool-Aid thing. And some of the topics we've already covered, they're very Kool-Aid related. And the one we're going to talk about today is also Kool-Aid related. And it's, it's really sad. User experience is a discipline that requires critical thinking in order to excel. And you have floods and floods and floods of people who want to get a job, they wanna transition in, they wanna become a user experience professional, and they just, all they do is bring a desire to be, a lot of them is just the truth, they bring the desire to be a user experience professional, but they do not bring critical thinking. They don't bring certain things that are critical to, to user experience, but are not part of doing the actual work. It's not part of the research. It's not part of the. It's not part of the doing the the wireframes or the prototypes or, or all the different things that we do. The heuristic analyses and the the the, the cognitive walkthroughs. It's, it's not. Critical thinking is a must, and only those who engage in critical thinking. Because remember, anybody can produce something. Only those who engage in critical thinking will excel. And I would hope that people who are doing this work have an interest in excelling at the work. That said, this week we're going to talk about another one of those, uh, weren't we already doing that, kind of topics. And the topic we're going to cover this week is that of product design. Um, You, I I wish, I mean, I mean, I, I think some people, a lot of people I'm sure, who listen to this podcast are familiar with the Wayback Machine. And one of the things we can't do in the Wayback Machine is go back and look at job postings from five, six, and seven years ago. But I remember, and and I've made it a point, and I I challenge and invite people to do what I'm about to mention, throughout my career, whether I was looking for a job or not, I always made it a, a point, I always made it my business to always look at job postings, understand what the trends are, understand who's hiring, what they're hiring before, what the different titles are, what the job responsibilities are. It's important to be aware of those things even when you're not searching because we need to have our finger on the pulse of what's happening in the discipline. And one of the things that I notice is that product design or product designer – I've had the title before, and we were doing straight up UX work. We just had the title of product design. Uh, So, and I'll talk about that in a bit. It's interesting that you did not see, I never saw, back up for a moment, I never saw a role for a product designer posted to LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Indeed, Dice, any of the other. Places Monster, any of the places where we used to go to, to look for jobs, to search through the job postings, you never came across product design or product designer. Today, it's everywhere. There are companies, are they have a lot of companies have flat out abandoned the title, any title that has UX in it, they've abandoned it. And a lot of people have abandoned the title of UX because they feel that it's too difficult for people to understand. If air was, and it's a silly sort of example I'm about to give, but I'm just trying to make a point. Uh, so don't don't read me for this example not being great, but it, I'm just again trying to make a point. If you were having difficulty breathing air, would you stop breathing it? It's 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 really interesting how people feel that UX is difficult to communicate what it is or what we do, uh, and then they try to go a different route, take on another title or do some other things, thinking that that's gonna make it easier. The work still remain the same. So coming up with a title, I, mean, I personally, I couldn't care less what somebody's title is. The only title that, and you, you can be called a product designer, who cares? The only title or the only terminology that I'm concerned with at all is UX slash UI because it misrepresents who we are and it feeds into stereotypes and it feeds into miscalculations and misunderstandings about what we do in our discipline because a lot of people think that UX is only UI, that it's only the presentation layer and they call us UX UI out of habit. They really don't care that that it doesn't demonstrate or identify who we are because they really don't care to understand what it is that we're doing. So that one I have a problem with. The rest of the titles, you could be called glorified janitor, who who cares? We know what the work is that we're doing and it's critical that we focus on the work. HR is gonna give you a job title and they're gonna give you the job title that the company has approved that they give you. They don't give you the job title because it's an accurate depiction of who you are. They give you a job title because they have to classify you in some way, form, or fashion, which is one of the reasons why job titles, it'll be years before there's unification in in UX job titles because of UX maturity levels. Companies don't understand UX. They're not trying to understand UX. HR is not trying to understand UX. Hiring managers aren't trying to understand UX. A lot of hiring managers are there because they just need somebody in the role. They don't even know what UX is or how to even lead UX people. So there's a lot of of goofiness that's going on in the discipline and it just trickles down to things such as the job title. So just know and understand, don't get caught up in your title. They they could give you any kind of title. They could call you a web designer. And, And so I've heard some people say, well, you know, web designers didn't do UX. That's not true. There were a lot of web designers and and are, to this day, that's just their title, So, but they are doing the same things that a person who is a UX professional is doing. So we need to get off of the, the job title bandwagon because it doesn't really mean a whole lot. What are you doing? How are you representing yourself to leadership? How are you demonstrating your skills and your acumen, your, your your expertise in the work that you do? That's what's most important. Call me bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, who cares? It's, it's <laughs> that's not gonna happen, but you get my drift. We need to start diminish these things that don't make sense, these things that don't really matter at the end of the day. I saw somebody say uh, recently on social media, somebody said, we should all be called software designers. What if you don't design software? Now what? It's amazing how people, and especially people who've only been, and anybody can have an idea, but people who don't have any experience, people who don't have any skin in the game, should not be telling us which direction we should be going. And, And that's part of this, where I'm going today, with this little diatribe, if you will, about product design, because it's anybody can write, and I'm actually going to use an article I found on Medium as a guide for this to help you you see, to help all the listeners understand that people are taking things that we've been doing for years, slapping a new title on it. And this time it happens to be product designer. They're slapping a new title on it, trying to supposedly give clarity or help people understand X, Y, and Z. And all it's doing, number one, is making things worse. Number two, it's eliminating the, the key factors demonstrating who we really are, bringing value, things of that nature. And in some cases, it's oversimplifying who we are, especially with product design, because a lot of product designers, well, let me back up again. Number one, people who have the title product design or product designer, it doesn't necessarily mean they're doing UX work. Number one, that's an assumption. They're not necessarily doing UX work. Number two, people who have the title product designer, many of them, you know what product designer is? A lot of times, and I said this recently, it's nothing more than a glorified visual designer position. A lot of them are just visual designers who have a different title that they. it makes them feel better about themselves, but it's still not doing anybody any, any favors. HR decided that's what the title would be. Sometimes that title bubbled up from someone else uh in the organization who had some some weight with regard to what was going on with the establishment of a quote unquote UX practice. Uh, but a lot of times the product designers are nothing but visual designers. That's all they are. And, and you're really gonna get a kick out of the stuff I'm gonna read from this one blog post I found that just I, I was I was really taken aback at how this person was all over the place with what they were saying. And and it's amazing some of these people who try to talk about some of these topics and their point of reference is so narrow, and then they speak as if they're looking at it from a broad perspective, and and this person definitely uh, is not. Uh, But product design, number three, many product designers are order takers someone tells them what they want produced, the product designers go out and do it, they don't push back, many of them, if you're a product designer and you do, that's fine, I told you, I've been a product designer before, I push back, because I didn't care what my title was, I was doing the work, and I know how to do the work, and I know what UX is, so I did UX work. But there are a lot of people, I have met a lot of them, I have seen a lot of them, I'm aware of the practices at a lot of companies, my point of reference is broad. And a lot of people who are product designers are order takers. We are not order takers in the UX profession. So if you're a product designer and you're taking orders, fine, you're a product designer, but you're not a UX professional. See, it's not, again, it's not about the title. It's about what you are. And you are not necessarily what your title says. So no matter what your title is, I was, again, I was a principal product designer at a major medical company and, but I did UX work. I was a user experience professional. No matter what my title has been, I have always been a user experience professional when I was an information architect. And we say this in retrospect because UX was not part of job titles in mass back then. Don Norman was one of a kind pretty much that didn't catch on for over a decade after he had UX in his title. But, I was a user experience professional. I was doing all the things. And that's basically when you say UX, you are mentioning all the things. So that's why you. another reason UX UI is so silly because UX means all the things. So it's almost like uh, I'm a car with four tires slash one tire. It, it's, it's It's why would you mention something that's a subset of the other thing what are you communicating? And I'm not saying that because I don't know the answer. I do know the answer. I'm saying that trying to get someone to think that it's trying to get people to understand how senseless it is and how much of a disservice it does to the discipline to say UX slash UI. And what do you say? You say I have two arms and a leg slash leg. It's, you know, we we don't, we need to be, we need to be better. At this, If we're gonna vault the discipline forward, we do have to be careful how we refer to ourselves, how we represent ourselves, how we demonstrate who we are, Uh, and that includes communicating about who we are. I am known for when someone refers to me or they talk about my work and they say UX, UI, I will wait for the right time, I will do it diplomatically, I will be professional, but I will eventually say, this is not UI, this is UX, and I will educate them. Every project we work on is an opportunity to help inform somebody about what UX is. Because remember, everybody doesn't understand who we are, even people who think that they do. They don't all understand who we are, so whether you like it or not, you're an ambassador. Whether you like it or not, you are going. You need to evangelize this discipline. It may not be great, it may be smaller in volume, but we all have that responsibility. When you opted in, you opted in for that. You got into a new discipline, so this is what happens when you get into a new, a relatively new discipline that you have to represent it. You, accountants don't have to worry about helping anybody to understand what accounting is. People pretty much understand what accounting is. QA people don't have to labor to get people to understand what QA people is, or, or what they do, and or what QA is, because people already understand it so they don't have to do anything to help cultivate perceptions, user experience, folks, we do, we do. All that said, so I just gave you three quick quips about product designers, what I have seen. Uh, we had a, a, an episode once where we walked through product design job descriptions and showed you. Uh, it, the, you know it, the, the, the title means nothing. But you're not going to believe the stuff I'm about to read to you here. And I'm going to mention this. So I'm basically, I am calling somebody out. Sometimes you have to do that. There's no way around it. Um, but someone said that product design is overtaking UX. And it's because we're in a weak economy. That's interesting. And, and the the title had a sub, a sub uh, statement there. And it said, understanding why ux is not enough and three ways to augment your skills um that's interesting so ux was just demoted based on what this person said and uh ux is not enough and and as you're going to find out and, and you may be thinking that i'm ahead of the that i i did i read into that well number one i'm not reading into anything i'm reading you exactly what they're saying and hold hold your horses. If you're thinking that, because you're going to find out, I'm going to tell you what else this person said, and you're going to see how, how on the money this is uh, when I say that this person is demoting UX. They're putting product design above UX. And, and when I say that, uh, well, let, let's go back because I'm going to get ahead of myself, uh, and we're going to apply some critical thinking to what this person has said and show how inappropriate this is and demonstrate Kool-Aid, how wild and how broadly um, um, available Kool-Aid happens to be in the, in the UX community, and we need to stand against it. So again, is product design really overtaking UX? The answer is no. Our product design positions, do, seem, do they seem to be dwarfing the volume of UX positions? Yes, Th- that is true. Does that mean that it's overtaking UX? No, no it's not. No, it's not. Uh, So say it. Say it exactly. There are more. There appear to be more product design positions today that uh, in the type as represented by the job title than positions with UX in the job title. Uh, So, so that's what he said. I'm telling you what what's really going on. And you can look anywhere and see this. You don't have to take my word for it. Go look it up. Then he says, but it's happening because we're in a weak economy. Principles have absolutely nothing to do with finances, with with economics. We do UX because it's necessary. We do UX because companies that are design-led outperform the competition by anywhere from 216 to 228%. And in some cases, people have said even more. So it has nothing to do with the economy. What we're doing with UX has no, absolutely nothing at all to do with an economy. So I don't even know why they mention that. This is this is what we're all supposed to be doing. This: when you see someone make a ridiculous statement, we need to respond as if it's a ridiculous statement, and not reading it, and nodding our head, and, and embracing it when you can shoot it down with and with practically no effort whatsoever. Person goes on to say, and this is these are excerpts from out of the from out of the blog post. Product designers, like UX designers, must be aware of user needs. Uh, were we already doing that? Yeah, we must be. Our product designers, like UX designers, must be aware of the experience the product offers, and he is saying that they, they both do this. Uh, so we, we're already aware of the experience of product offers and, and the, the author is acknowledging that. So weren't we already doing that? Yeah. Okay. Um, and remember if product designers, the only difference is that they're usually glorified visual designers and they're order takers. They're not above UX on the totem pole. They're way beneath UX in general. So please know and understand that as well. Then this is where he jumps off. Uh, he jumps the shark here he says they, product designers, must go one step further and include the context for engineering and managers. Uh, weren't we already doing that? Those who were trained in UX, uh, OGs, people who were, anybody who was doing UX prior to 2011. Because um, it it's funny how people who came into UX after 2011 are doing their work differently. They're approaching the, the discipline differently. They, on average, they don't know any history about the discipline. They're doing things. I, I, I had a job interview with Facebook, blah, blah. I had a job interview once with Facebook, and they said, we really like you, but we're just concerned, we think that your work is too academic. And I said, what do you mean by that? How, how did you arrive at that conclusion? And they said, well, because it was your job titles. UX architect that meant that we did all the things now because I wasn't a specialist, I don't have your, the same experience as you. And, and here's somebody else who's drunk off of job titles. And really everybody who was part of that process in interviewing me, all of them had like three, four five years of experience. I had 26 at the time. So is this amazing? So it's Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid gone wild really is what's happening here but we already talk to engineering we already engage with the managers there's nothing new about that that's not a differentiator between product design and ux ux was already doing that i've been doing that my whole career interesting we were already doing that everybody uh and then he says for example how the product is is successfully used in real life we need to know how the product is really going to be used in real life and what specific interaction models are used and how the user fits into the business context. Uh, Weren't we already doing that? Yeah. Yeah, we were. We were. And, and Oh, you're going to love this. And, and this is supposedly a statement that differentiates product design. What I'm about to read, differentiates product design from UX design. Product designers conduct user research. When uh, were we already doing it? Remember, we used to do all the things. Specializations didn't come about until 2011. And if you have been doing nothing but research, that's fine. We're not saying it's necessarily wrong. We do say that if you are a generalist, you bring more to the table because you can do more things. And they don't necessarily have to hire three people to do what you do. If you know how to manage your time, you can get a lot, of, a lot of things done. But we were already doing research. He says that product designers, again, they conduct user research and design to understand user needs, translate business needs, understand the overall journey and more. Uh, Were we already doing that? Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, we were. Yeah, businesses recognize that UX is often their competitive advantage. However, it's often tough to justify the paycheck of a UX designer who does nothing but UX. This, somebody actually said this. We mean nothing but UX. So you see what I'm saying that they're de- they've demoted UX and they make it sound like product designers do more, and it's not. True, UX already did all these things this person is talking about, and they're trying to present it as if product designers do it and UXers don't. And I know a lot of product designers that don't do any of these things, and I know a lot of UX designers who do. So it's it's interesting, and there's nobody to stop someone when they go to write an article, especially somewhere like Medium. A blog does not have an editor, usually. So there's no one that you have to, no one gatekeeping the the publishing of someone's thoughts. And somebody needed to see this, because this is this is, if it wasn't, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so ridiculously inaccurate. The person goes on to say, this is why UX adopting the business side of things is a natural extension of our skills. Oh, and and it gets worse. Some examples of skills you might learn to be a more effective product designer, not a more effective UXer, not a UX generalist, but to be a more effective product designer. The person says, you need to know how to do a competitive analysis. What is the UX of our competitors like? Uh, Weren't we already doing that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we were. Customer journey maps. Everybody wasn't doing this, but some of us were. I wrote about this in 97 Things Every UX Practitioner Should Know. I've been engaging. You don't don't always get the opportunity to do journey maps, number one. And number two, there's also this thing called an experience map, which is actually different than a journey map. And usually practitioners don't have the time to do a journey map because it's too in-depth. It's too granular, but everybody has time to do an experience map and that still brings value. And And the, the common denominator between the two is that they help you understand pain points and opportunities to enhance and optimize the user experience. Okay, and now I'm talking about you, that's me talking about you. That's not the article, the article's bad. Uh, but customer journey maps, doing a customer journey map is not a differentiator between a UX person and a, and a product designer, so no, drop that. That That's not working. He said problem framing. Asking questions this is another skill they think that product designers will set them apart. Pro- problem framing or asking questions to help the product team find the right solution. Uh, Weren't we already doing that? Yeah, we were, yeah. User psychology. What motivates users to sign up to pay for subscriptions, et cetera? Number one, be careful with that because psychology can be used to manipulate, number one. And number two, psychology should be used to understand users, period. Not just understand what motivates them to sign up, just to help us to be willing to be patient enough to study them to see how they think. But still, weren't we already doing that? Yeah, we were. Yeah. (laughs) And high fidelity prototypes. Something that the product can take to demo ideas that are not fully built. Guess what? We were already doing that. This is amazing. Product design is overtaking UX, according to this individual. It says it's because of a weak economy. And actually, when you're doing UX, the economy doesn't impact you. Just go do your UX work. I've never thought about what the flow is with the economy. It doesn't determine whether or not the the experience is usable. It doesn't it doesn't have any impact on whether or not it's is beneficial or relevant. This uh, it, it's terrible when I see people who are willing to spread misinformation. This is chock full of misinformation. Even if some things that the person says in the post are accurate. There's still a bunch here that's grossly inaccurate, and anybody who posts something, me included, when you post something like this, you are opening yourselves up to judgment of everybody. Everybody can 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 be a critic, and, and I'm just analyzing what's going on here. This person could go and go. You know what? Everything Darren said is right. I need to clean this up. I need to redo it. Good. You know, we're not throwing the person in the trash. We're not turning the per. We're not demonizing the person. We're talking about the concept. We're not talking about the person at all couldn't care less about the person from a standpoint of I, I, they can go up, down and do whatever they want to do. We're talking about whether or not something is accurate, whether or not something is useful. Uh, and, and and I have a, a critical thinking model because uh, I know Debbie Levitt talks about one and I throw a couple extra things in there. It can be useful. It can be usable. It can be beneficial. A, a whole lot of host, a host of other things. But if it's not accurate, because people are finding inaccurate things to be usable. Well, that's not that's not what critical thinking does. You are not going to brush your teeth with, with with Drano. Even though brushing your teeth is something you want to do, uh, but you're not going to brush your teeth with Drano. You're not going to fill your fill your uh your tire. If you have a low tire, you're not going to come and fill it with water. That's not. I mean, crude examples, but if something isn't accurate, if something isn't applicable, if something is not the proper methodology, the proper approach, the proper breakdown of a thing, it stops, Crit- critical thinking stops uh, right there. Would you, would you, if it was raining, would you go and get an umbrella that had holes in it? No. So things have to be applicable, they have to be appropriate. They have to be the right thing for the right time, and they have to be accurate. And if they're not, if they're not practical, then it's over. Game, game is over. And a lot of things that are here, people are embracing this, and they're highlighting things in the article, and they're they're liking it. And, and, and not just for this. They're doing it with a lot of people. This is not accurate. This is not accurate a representation of who we are today. And the sad thing is some leaders will see this, know that it's not accurate, and then they go back and look at their UX team because of what's being presented here. And they take vengeance, quote unquote, on their UX team because they don't like the way that something like this is being done. And I shared in the last UX chit chat hour, uh just reminding people, and I've said it on the show before, we're all joined together at the hip basically, and what we do affects everybody else who's in this discipline, whether we know them or not, whether we ever meet them or not. We impact everyone else, and for that reason, we always have to make sure to, to demonstrate and represent this discipline with the utmost integrity, with the highest levels of ethics, and, and, and always demonstrating value and proper demeanor so folks can know this, this UX thing, it's for real. It's, it means business. It's going to drive lots of benefits for you. Uh, so let's go and get on board, uh, but let's do it the right way. Folks, as we begin to wrap up here, a lot of people keep presenting things as if they're presenting something new, and they're not. And, and the people who are buying it are the people who don't have the history and the discipline who think that everybody who's talking, talking about UX is speaking accurately. A lot of them are not. A lot of them. Are not. And I just read straight to you from an article. I didn't mince any words. I read to you what this person said. I paraphrased a couple of things, but the vast majority of it, just so you're aware, don't go back and find our don't look it up and find it and say that ain't what he said. If you go and look at the me- what I said and what the message was, they're identical. When I did paraphrase, I didn't paraphrase to any detriment. I'm not going mis- to misrepresent anybody at all. Uh and, and I wish the person all the best but this representation of UX is not accurate. A lot of the things that were here, we were already doing it and that is a problem, folks. So I hope that this helps folks with more of a critical thinking kind of mindset. Uh, I hope that people, more people embrace critical thinking because we're gonna be better off for it than we do. So that's it for today, folks, that's it. So. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the, the episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. We hope, you again, you're buying in to critical thinking. And we're going to sign off here. So this is Darren Hood, the host of The World of UX. And until next time, happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.